My sister Abby has been battling demons most of her life. My daughter Abby has been possessed. Now she is having flashbacks. Adam, where's my effects at? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, this world has become so corrupt. As I'm sitting there with a severed head in my hand, talking to it. Or looking at it. And I'm about to go crazy, literally. I'm about to go completely flywheel loose and just fall apart. Let's, let's not get let's not get into blood and guts because because that's what you're trying to get into. Come on, fumble butts. Bam, motherfucker! It'll be a miracle if this tape ever is permitted to become knowledge that could spread across the world to even give individuals a chance to know what we have to say. Oh, I suppose you're going to want to sit up all night and talk now. Uh, it's Halloween, boys. That's Halloween spooky. music. So spooky. Three spoopy five me. So who is ready for a Halloween-themed month? I'm ready. I know I am. Uh, I love the, it to be spooky. I it, love horror movies. I love all of it. This is our first trip into the paranormal today. Well, would you consider aliens paranormal? No. Shit. No, I would not. You don't? No. Aliens are aliens. There's paranormal. There's cryptozoology. They, and then there's true crime. Paranormal strictly speaks to like things that we don't know. Listen, right? I think you're both right. I think there's merit to both arguments here. Fuck you, Jordan. No. Aliens are abnormal. <laughs> No, aliens are extraterrestrial. They're not paranormal. <laughs> Either Don't way. you dare put them in the same some realm people, as ghosts and demons. Some people say demons are from another dimension, too. So what do you well, say Well, I don't. That? I think they're from outcast from heaven okay, and sent we, to do the devil's we work. Need to, mm. We need to ask this right now. We, I want to get a feel for the room. Mm. Jordan, answer. Then you, Adam. Mm. Answer, Adam. Jordan, you believe in ghosts or spirits? Yes. Adam. No. Jordan, you believe in demons? Yes. Adam. No, no. Well, I believe that demons are just angry ghosts. So that wouldn't that be a malevolent spirit then, not a fucking demon? I don't know. I'll have to pull out my D and D rule book. <laughs> Either way, hello and welcome to another episode of the Bumblebutt Podcast, the only podcast on the internet that uploads e- weekly. What Who knows what it'll say? be about this week and this month? A spooktacular ad- event. We gotta go along with the Halloween aesthetic. It's Halloween Town in Bumblebuttville! Take it away, Cody! Wait a second. This is Halloween, this is Halloween. (laughs) My name is Adam. (laughs) My name is Adam. Uh, My week was great, thank you. Uh, (laughs) Sitting across from me, Jordan. Howdy. How was your week? My week was good. How is Mr. Slate treating you this week? Very good, very good. (laughs) Did you get a raise? No, I've only been there for a month. Did you ride a brontosaurus when you're picking up rocks? All the time. Good. You yeah. you you passed brontosaurus safety <laughs> HR training. Yep. And sitting next to Jordan is our good friend Cody. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Uh, I wish I'd had seed the sun in the last week. But That'd be all right. We don't get the, that fortune, I guess. So. We live in Seattle, Minnesota. It's perfect for the theme of this week. Yes, it is, but I have no energy. No? Same here. I know. Like, during the workday. Right now, chock full of it. We're supposed to be taking, what is the pill? That, vitamin D. Is it vitamin D? I'm on 3,500 units a day. I probably should, because when the sun's out, I feel great. 
when it's cloudy and shitty, I feel like just dog shit. Mm-hmm. Just want to go sleepy all day. See, mm-hmm. I just feel like dog shit because I drank too much yesterday. <laughs> so you have self-inflicted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. And didn't eat a lot. So, Cody, I completely forgot about Halloween month. Right. I had, I was working hard, tuning up my story, getting the nuts and bolts all tightened up on it. And then I get a text message last night saying, hey, it's uh, spook month. Mm-hmm. We need to have scary shit going on. Right. So I rushed and put together a giant episode for today and next week as a two-parter. So that's what we're going to do today. Cody, I want you to tell me. I want you to set this up for me. All right. So we are attacking demons head on. But finally. <laughs> that's, that's what I was born for. We're taking them down. When's President Trump going to start the hell force? <laughs> we got the space force out of the way. That would be amazing if he started the hell force. <laughs> anyway, this is the exorcism of Annalise Michelle. It looks like Michael, but it's Michelle. All right. Um, this is a really famous story. I've heard it several times. Is this what the exorcism of Emily Rose is based on? Right. I literally watched that before you guys came over here just to kind of compare, and it's... That's a boring movie. It's it's like kind of similar. Of course, they have to put it in America. They can't have German people in, in the movie like this story is. Um, but every time I've heard this story, they kind of just go right for the good stuff. They just go right for the demons, and they avoid all of like what what we're building up into. I bet this story is going to be much better because we're going right. to get a lot of background right. than we're... the exorcism of Emily Rose. Yeah. The only good thing or about just the story in general. Like... The only good thing about that film was I received a hand job in the movie theater. <laughs> and that was all What right. a perfect film to what be was receiving his name? a fucking hand job. Oh, Jordan, you're a homophone. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, gentlemen, the book I uh, got this information from is called literally The Exorcism Annalise Michelle by Felicitas D. Goodman. Oh yeah. Now there's two I books. Caramba. There's two books, okay? You have this one that's more of the scientific view of it, and then the other book's more of the Christian view of it, and I thought this would probably be a much much better book to look at, more of a realistic view on it. Yeah. Anyway, let's start off here with the document from the defense team for the pastor. I'm into it. Today, at a half past one, I had a telephone call from Father Alt. He did not give his address. He described a case of exorcism to me which he said he had carried out on a young girl, Annalise Michelle of Klingenberg. He described previous treatments that the girl had undergone, and all without success, by psychiatrists and neurologists in Aschaffenburg. 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 Specifically by Dr. Siegfried Luthi in Würzburg. Würzburg. He described the symptoms that she had been suffering from and the successes and failures of the exorcism. He mentioned that during periods of arousal, she was at times unable to eat or drink, and that this had also happened recently. Everyone had hoped, however, that she would soon start taking nourishment again. Finally, he mentioned that the girl had died this morning. Jeez. Well, when that's I- just a way to get right into it. We're telling the story, then we're building how it happened. Putting the blocks together. When I called the courthouse in Clindenburg at about three, the clerk told me that Joseph Michel, does it say right, Jordan? You can, just Joseph? Say, you can just say Joseph. Okay, Joseph. <laughs> the dead girl's father had come to the 
I'm working on these German words, goddammit. <laughs> I came to the office. This is going to be worse than Indian in an apple. <laughs> Don't bring up the flashback, goddammit. <laughs> had came to the office there about 1 o'clock and had applied for a death certificate for his daughter. Ugh. He said that she had suddenly developed a high fever and quite unexpectedly died this morning. When he was informed that only a physician could issue such a certificate after properly having viewed the body, he said that there was a physician at his house right now. The clerk called his home and spoke to Dr. Roth. Whether this person was indeed a physician is not known. Dr. Roth said that he did not have the requisite forms. He did not carry any post-mortem examinations. Burial is to be Saturday morning. Upon calling the general practitioner in Klingdenburg, Dr. Morton Keller, I was informed that the latter had found at his post-mortem that the corpse was totally emancipated, emaciated. <laughs> it's a little of both, okay? We got freedom, too. <laughs> it was emaciated and still warm. It exhibited a number of skin abrasions. He did not issue the death certificate because he could not attest to the natural causes of death. He suggested that an autopsy be carried out. He also told me that he had last seen the girl in a good nutritional state in October 1975. Two months ago, her father had called him and asked him to come and make a house call. A little later, however, he had canceled it. Hmm. Hmm. So, that's the exact letter that came that the father would use as his defense in the... Uh, the court case that will come to be so obviously she perishes now let's find whether it was demons or if it was neglect here well wait 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 wait, wait, what? wait. this is insanity it is yeah and wait a sec oh, hold on but <laughs> who who wrote this letter the defense attorney gotcha okay it's just a little uh to get you warmed up here for I like the it. idea yeah, of what's a going little on. fucking a little wafer yeah Annalise was born on September 21st, never forget, <laughs> 1952, in a small village called Clindenburg of Lower Bavaria. Mm. Her father's name was Joseph Michel, who was a World War II veteran. Wonder who he fought for. <laughs> We're going to find out. <laughs> and owned a sawmill. Her mother was named Anna Ferg, later to become Michelle. They had six children, Martha, whom passed away at the age of eight. Due to a kidney ailment, Annalise, Gertrude, Barbara, and Rose Witha. I believe that's how you pronounce yeah, your name. Yeah, close enough, I think. Silly German names. They were known for being your average middle-class Bavarian citizens. As with most citizens in the town, they had a deep Catholic belief. So much so, when her parents were growing up, Anna originally wanted to become a nun which was considered to be one of the best professions you could ask for. And Joseph was studying to become a priest. But his weakest subject in school was learning Latin. Catholic priests needed to know the old language. Is that well, true? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, you got it. Dude, know. same with, like, Lutheran pastors. You have to know, like, Latin you have to and know German Lutheran. and shit. Wow. You have to know Lutheran? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you got to know Lutheran. <laughs> oh, that, there's a casserole. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Donuts in the basement. The Catholics are much more powerful against demons than the Lutherans are, Jordan. You well, should well know this. 
Maybe if the Lutherans would invite him to coffee and donuts after the service <laughs> in the community hall. That's all you need. Anyway, yeah, you got to know the dead language to uh, fight demons. Okay. At the age of 22, Joseph would be drafted for World War II, fighting in Belgium, France, and finally Russia. Bad idea. <laughs> Annalise would later write this in her diary about her father. St. Joseph told me that he was the one who saw to it that Papa found those boots in Russia. <laughs> Papa often told about this, that in Russia his feet nearly froze off. <laughs> then suddenly, in the snow, he found a pair of wonderful <laughs> Russian boots. <laughs> Just sitting in the snow, huh? I was like, oh. <laughs> it's because from St. Joseph. Yeah. <laughs> Not a dead Russian man. No. Yep. No, he took a nice pair of boots off a dead man's feet is what happened. <laughs> He would be captured by the Americans and held as a POW until the end of the war, and not long after, the Michelle family would be started. Quick note about Clindenburg, it was known for its red wine, which was learned from the peasants left over from the Roman Empire over two millennia ago. Damn. Mm. The red wine lures tourists and is eventually turned into the blood of Christ for the local churches. Yes. So they got the best Hell blood yeah. of Christ around. Dude, well, if rent. it's like any of the church wine I've had at communion, <laughs> it's not good. They always gave us fucking grape juice. Like, they didn't put real wine in there. Oh, dude. They they did at my church. Well, I guess you're cool. So even today, is the Klingenberg region still mm -hmm. known for their communion wine? Well, the red wine is just the churches use it. You know? Okay. I thought that was crazy. Like, they learned that from the Romans fucking forever ago, yeah. and then they just kind of hung around and kept up the tradition, which is kind of cool. I fucking didn't, awesome. I didn't know Lower Bavaria was, like, good for growing it's wine It's not grapes. just for Bavarian Motor Company, Jordan. There's other yeah. stuff there. Yeah, BMC, my favorite. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I love... Bavarian Motor Works, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> I was going to say, I really love their... Uh, Q3s or just, you know, get everything wrong here. When Annalise was a child, she seemed to be a bit of what you consider a weaker child, smaller in frame than most, and sick quite often, contracting measles, mumps, and the scarlet fever. Goddamn anti-vaxxers. <laughs> the teachers even made her stay back a grade because she was so small. The other kids would often pick on her because of this. By the time of her first communion, she seemed to be outgrowing this part of her life a little bit. In 1965, when she enrolled in the Dahlberg gym Gymnasium, life was starting to look up for her. And the gymnasium is essentially high school. Okay. I don't know why so they call it that, but okay. it's just... So you're telling me she didn't just join a rec basketball league for school? <laughs> she <laughs> might have. That was her, that's On, her education. Uh, tennis. Tennis is her sport. Mm. Tennis and musical instruments. Awesome. All right. She loved riding the train to school every day and was known to participate in the jokes with the other girls. You sound like a child molester. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll back off then. <laughs> she played the accordion and the piano, like we mentioned. Her parents were fairly strict with her grades. They wanted her to succeed, and for all intents and purposes, she was. Mm. She particularly took interest in Latin. Her mother said, She would take watch in hand and recite Latin vocabulary assignments without breathtaking speed. <laughs> Annalise's dream was to become a school teacher, which held high honors in society around this time. 
In fact, her father Joseph was so proud he would brag about it to his friends in the local tavern while enjoying a Clindenburger red one. She's fucking wine drunk at all times. <laughs> He'd be glad if she was to become a school teacher. There was a danger, though, of sending your daughter off to the big city for school. Mm. Joseph believed they would turn into harlots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But have faith his daughters would not. <laughs> Anna was also fairly strict. She wouldn't even let Annalise join the ballroom dancing classes because there was boys there. Often, Annalise would cry in her room. She was 15 and all the other girls were dancing, but Anna wouldn't allow her to. Rose Witha would console Annalise, making the joke, Look, Mama will not even allow us three to go and visit girlfriends. It's because Mama thinks that we would get to read some of those sinful books there that she always warns us about. I bet Annalise has one of those, too. <laughs> it never says what the sinful books are. Like Apparently, Harry Potter, probably. <laughs> Lord of the Rings. That could be. Apparently, Annalise did have a boyfriend around this time in Ooh, secret. What a harlot. But we never find out his name. But uh, Yeah, he probably goes to a different school, too, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, probably. You see a little goddamn liar. He's one of them dirty Lutheran boys. Mm. Around this time, Annalise would be roughly 16. She was enjoying her time at school with her friend Mary Burditch, Maria Burditch, even, dreaming of attending PH or, Jordan can even say this fucking word, Pedagogische Hochschule. Just a college. That's okay. all as it is. That's the name of the college. The so. Pedagogische Hochschule. <laughs> we're just going to say PH because we're dumb Americans. Sounds here. good. What the professors would be like, and of course, what the boys would be like. Ooh. Until it happened, out of nowhere, she just blacked out. Her friend Maria was trying to wake her, and when she came to, both of them were puzzled what had just happened. Annalise told her, Maybe I just studied too much. (laughs) (laughs) Totally logical. I black out from studying all the time. See, that's why I don't study. Perfect. You can't black out if you don't study. (laughs) That night, while laying in bed sleeping, she would be awoken, feeling paralyzed as if something was pressing down on her abdomen. She could not move or speak, and soon began to feel herself urinating. She thought, Holy Mother of God, I must be dying. Then claimed to hear the local church bell ringing, and all of a sudden, all the pressure was gone, and she could move once again. Two things this sounds like to me. Number one, sleep paralysis. Number two, right. anxiety attack. Right. Those are the two mm-hmm. things that it sounds like to me. Well, this is just a uh, little nugget of what's going to be happening later on, Adam. So okay. This is just a little little crack here. All right. The following day, she changed her sheets and begged her mother to let her stay home, claiming she must have gotten sick in the night, which from her previous history didn't seem to surprise her mother because she was sick quite frequently. Sure. Nearly a year later, on August 24th, 1969, the exact same thing happened. Hmm. She blacked out during the day and facing terrible paralysis through the night. This time, though, her mother would take her to the local family physician, who then referred them to a neurologist named Dr. Siegfried Luthi. Her mother was terrified to find out what could be wrong with her daughter, as anybody would be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At first, 
he would check all of her reflexes and nerves, then gave her a electrotelegraph... Electroencephalographic. <laughs> Electro... Just say it, Adam. I can't even read this fucker. Electroencephalographic. Readings. Which he said... The EEG, recorded on August 27, 1969, showed a normal physiological alpha-type brain activity. I judge from the description I was given that this was probably a case of cerebral seizures of the nocturnal type with symptoms of a grand mal epilepsy. <laughs> that was beautiful. I lost my German there. Lovely. About one word in. German to, fr- German to French. <laughs> we can't confirm if he's French or not, so we'll roll with it. Going with his name, he's... I'm going to say German. <laughs> his name is Dr. Siegfried Luke. <laughs> there would be a little debate later if the doctor would prescribe her Dilantin for treatment or not, which would be come into question in the trial later on. Mm-hmm. What is Dilantin? It's an anti-convulsant. Okay. So, like, for seizures. Now we're getting somewhere. But the thing is, she does get prescribed, which we'll find out later on, but the debate is whether the doctor thought it was necessary right at this point, okay? Okay. That's what they're arguing about. Got it. You're going to see a lot of, like, he said, she said arguments. So A lot of bumble butts. (laughs) Right. The seer didn't get much better for Annalise. She complained about a sore throat and had to have her tonsils removed, <clears throat> then contracted Pleurs- pleurisy? pleurisy and pneumonia. Com- no, it's pneumonia. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, George. <laughs> Pneu- <laughs> pneumonia complicated by tuberculosis infection and that- was what? That's a whole pile of shit. Yeah, that's a lot of things. Yeah, she got P. Noom, whatever you said, George. <laughs> anyway, this forced her to drop out of school. It was so bad, she had to miss the Christmas Mass. Shit. That's a big deal for Catholics. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. With her condition not improving, she was sent to a hospital in... I can't even say it. Aschaffenburg? Aschaffenburg, the following February. Then later, to a clinic in the southern region of Bavaria, which was a sanatorium. Sanitarium. I, when I was writing this, I knew you were going to start singing that fucking song. me free. I love it. It's good. It's a good tune. This was kind of a depressing place. While she was able to have some semblance of a social activity with the other children at the sanatorium, all she truly wanted was to return to school and be home with her family. Every day, she just waits, hoping to hear news that she could leave. Fuck. Things only got worse. And on the night of June 3rd, 1970, it happened once again. She was paralyzed, her lungs were struggling to breathe, and she urinated on the sheets uncontrollably once again, until she finally was able to let out a horrible scream, alarming the nurses, rushing to her aid. This is roughly another year after the previous attack. Mm-hmm. The last right. one was August of 69. This is June of 1970. Mm. Right. So, so the first one was in the summer of 69. <laughs> is that, uh, what's his name? Got my first real six string. Bruce Springsteen? No. No? <laughs> All right. Sounds like a Bruce Springsteen. That's John Mellencamp, right? Yeah. I don't care. Anyway, so the nurses are coming to her aid. The following day, some of her friends were trying to figure out what could be wrong with her. Perhaps she had water on her brain. Mmm, water-headed baby. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Maybe she was dropped as a child. Mm -hmm. While she did hit her head as a child, the neurologist informed her she did not have any water on her brain and or showed any sign of brain damage. That's good. Yeah, thank goodness. It's just gossipy little girls. <laughs> on the morning of June 17th, 1970, the nurse informed her she was going to Kempton to see another neurologist to try to figure out what was going on with her. Like the others, he did not find anything irregular, but because of her previous seizures, did prescribe her an anticonvulsant medication, which they do have records for. Okay, so they have none for Delantin. Well, they have none originally prescribed by Dr. Luthier. Gotcha. Luthier. But gotcha. this doctor, 100% confirmed, mm -hmm. gave her the medication. Okay. Around this time, Annalise had developed her favorite prayer along with her rosary, she even believed that once the Holy Mother give, had given her comfort that made her feel better about her situation. Hmm. A few nights after the last doctor visit, she was holding her rosary in her hand when almost out of nowhere, she saw a huge grimacing face right before her eyes. It was gone almost as soon as it had appeared. Nonetheless, she was completely terrified. Shit. This completely ruined her favorite prayer session with her rosary. In fear of seeing that horrid face once again. After several more weeks and more EEG tests, the doctor determined it was finally safe for her to go back home. And on August 29th, she did just that. Once again returning to her home that she had so longed to, reuniting with her family. Excellent. Hey, a happy note. It stays happy the rest of the time, right, Cody? Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. She's perfect. Cured. She just doesn't understand. Demons are oh. actually nice people. Oh, good. Let's just pack up and go home, then. <laughs> While Annalise was happy to return to school, it was also bittersweet because she was attending with younger girls and feared she would not know anybody because she had to be held back a year. Mm -hmm. Still, she did at least have her good friend Maria to talk to outside of school. A lot of her schoolmates around this time would later recall that Annalise returned as a changed person. She was quiet a bit of a loner, and her grades were never as good as they were before. The constant fear of what could be wrong with her was looming in her mind. They were instructed after her release from the sanatorium to have checkups regularly, and they did just that. While there would be a few more seizures, the rest of her problems seemed to have disappeared. Her lungs were healthy, and once again her neuroscans all came back good. Hmm. For the next few years, up until June 1972, jumping ahead a few years, mm -hmm. she had some of her episodes, but for the most part, she seemed to be under control. They were more what they referred to as, quote, aftershock seizures. I'm not Whoa. sure what exactly that means. Me but neither, man. It's just kind of, I, I imagine just some vision of earthquake and the little yep. tiny ones you get afterwards. So it's so like the grand mall one would be like the big the one. The big boy. Yeah. And okay. these are just kind of little flickers, I Residual guess. Residual brain None waves. of us have epilepsy, so we don't know. Yeah, they're not grand mall. They're normal mall. <laughs> I really hate the brain. I hate dude, everything dude, about it. When you're just reading this, all like the brain terminology was like so complicated. I'm just like, I don't even know what and half all the things, shit is going on here. All the things that can just happen for no reason. Yeah. Right. Like when Casey just got Bell's palsy one time forever. <laughs> what? I've, ha I've had that. That shit is fucking terrifying, man. Dude, it was bad. And he threw a snowball at me once and then like took off and started running. And I was chasing him down with the snowball. And he turned <laughs> to look at me. 
and he looked so fucking terrified. <laughs> I was like, Casey, I'm sorry, but then he turned his other face and he was smiling, and it was it was, it was weird. You know, my best when I got it, I had just started at a company and I had to have a key card to like get in. And I had my picture, and half my face wasn't working, so I'm, like, smiling, but half the face was just dead on there. That shit was so fucking funny. Oh, my God. Anyway. Fuck Phil's palsy. Fuck any of it. (laughs) The 12th grade was a big year for Annalise. It was the last year of the gymnasium, and the Arbiter exams were at the end. (laughs) Arbiter. Did I say that right? I don't know. Abiter. Abiter. Abiter exams. Anyway, Abiter exam. Just reminded me of Halo. Yeah. The Abiter. Maybe he's deciding her future. We don't know. Oh, she's possessed by Master Chief. I do it. (laughs) Which, anyway, those exams would determine her schooling after high school, which was very important for an aspiring teacher's education. Her mother, Anna, though decided it being such a stressful year... Better be safe and take her to Dr. Luthi just to make sure everything was on the up and up. Sure. She attended three more examinations throughout the year, showing no more signs of, say that fucking word, malnormality, keeping her on the, the recommended medication. It would appear, though, that she neglected to tell him of her, quote, stiffness, absences from school, and that she started to smell the horrific stench that no one else could, on top of hideous faces that kept appearing around her. Oh, well, I think the doctor would have liked to know these things. (laughs) Yeah. When you have a brain condition, you probably should mention those types of things. In the spring of 1973, there was something new starting. She claimed, quote, There is this knocking in my room. Her mother claimed she must have just dreamt about it, but once again took her to Dr. Vogt, who said it could have something to do with her ears, but the ear specialist didn't find anything either. Her mother appeared to be coming around to the idea that it could perhaps be Fratzen or demons. <laughs> Fratzen <laughs> is... Is that German? It's German for, for demons okay. or devil or whatever. Okay. <laughs> so when we, when we read quotes, you're going to see Fratzen a lot. Okay. It's demons, okay? Fratzen. Gotcha. It's kind of cool. I kinda, it's kind of cooler, actually. I'm into it. Fratzen hunter. Joseph was terribly upset with this, claiming Anna must be putting this nonsense into her children's heads. Young girls are get hysterical. Everybody knows this. Anna insisted and said, No, Joseph, no. Believe me, something terrible, something supernatural is going on. You know the statue of the Virgin on the mantle in the living room downstairs? Well, the other day I happened to walk through there and saw Annalise looking at the Mother of God. Only it wasn't with respect or with adoration. Her face was a terrible mask. <laughs> I can't do that. No, it's good. I didn't like it. Full of hatred, her eyes turned black, jet black, and her slender hands. I can't do it anymore. You know how delicate her hands are. Well, they twitched and seemed to turn into thick paws with claws. <laughs> I tell you, it was awful. I was so scared. I rushed up to the office and tried to calm myself by writing out some bills. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think that's only going to stress you out more. Oh, fuck, we're late for the water. <laughs> that's so stupid. Only I couldn't. My hand shook so I couldn't hold the pen. And I could not see the letters on the typewriter. 
So you guys don't write bills off to uh, relax yourself. No. I have never seen somebody turn into a fucking werewolf looking at the Virgin Mary and then said, I got to go pay my car note real quick. Anna, Anna, Anna knows for certain her daughter did this. So Joseph simply stated, they will have to come together in prayer. Mm. It would give them strength to conquer this. Your daughter turned into a minotaur, but let's yeah. just pray it away. Let's have a pep talk with our imaginary friend. Later that spring, Annalise contracted the German measles. It's like the regular measles, but a little more racist. <laughs> but because of someone who was constantly sick, she told her parents just to leave her alone. She would get over it. Tough it out. Tough out the measles. Not a good mm. idea, ma'am. Uh. Even having to miss several more days of school from being sick. We do have some good news, though. Woo. She was able to pass her abiter exams. All right. While this, a girl. While this should be a happy time, Annalise just said the pills are making her tired and apathetic. To cheer her up, Joseph offered to take her a trip to San Domino. Domino. Damiano. Damiano. San <laughs> Damiano. Okay, I'm not good at Italian either. <laughs> this is why I'm not a man of God. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck <San> my life. Domino. <laughs> I think Domino's more whatever. Me too. This was a mystical place located in northern Italy that was ran by Father Pio. Pio. Eh, either one. Pio. Sure. Eh, six of one, half dozen of the other. <laughs> I like Pio because it's like pee pee. <laughs> Father Pio. <laughs> it was believed that the Virgin Mary herself would visit this location. Shit. All right. Allegedly, she brushed up against a pear tree. That began to bloom out of season, and special holy water would come out of a well that the Virgin Mary had instructed them to dig on the site. Sick. There was also supposed to be a picture of Christ that would change colors based on the affairs of the world. Mood ring Christ. <laughs> I kind of want to go to San Damiano now. Yeah, for sure. It's a mystical place, Jordan. Annalise and Papa... She calls him Papa, sorry. It's Joseph, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, like, I like Papa, though. <laughs> Annalise and Papa are on a bus trip hosted by a woman named Frau Hein. Hey, he got it. Did I? Hell yeah. Sadly, when Annalise reaches this sacred place, she would claim she couldn't enter the grounds. She proclaimed the soil burned like fire just standing on it. Annalise could not look at the picture of Jesus, saints, or any holy relics in her presence because the light shimmered way too brightly. Mm. On her way home, Frau claimed Annalise ripped her medal off she was wearing and admitted a stench like fecal matter or burning. Everyone on the bus claimed to smell it, but were clueless to why it was happening. While this trip didn't turn out the way she had hoped, at least for the next few weeks, she was doing better. Oh yeah. It was getting closer to attending the PH... Like she had been hoping for her entire life. She needed to get to that pagoda house or whatever the hell it was called. <laughs> the silly college name. She wants to be a teacher, right? Right. Yep. And this is the final step. Right. Hell yeah. Joseph kept reminding her she needed to register and prepare for that. Annalise sadly told him she was too depressed and the ghostly faces wouldn't leave her alone. She couldn't possibly attend college right now. So a trip to Dr. Luthie would help her out. Mm. It seemed Annalise was more open about what was going on in her life this time with Dr. Luthi. Dr. Luthi later said about this visit, She said that she often saw Fratzen, 
that the devil was in her. <laughs> she further asserted that the judgment of fire would be visited on everyone. She could not get her mind off these things. She had no power of decision, and everything was empty in here. <laughs> Beautiful. Good old Russian Dr. Luthi. <laughs> I'm buying it. Yeah. Uh, I love you, Adam. <laughs> Thank you. Later, after she passed away, the parents would claim Dr. Luthi had told them to consult a Jesuit with her problem, but he adamantly denied that. Perhaps it was just a sarcastic comment. We will never know. Hmm. Annalise would never again mention any of the devils or demons to a medical professional after this, and the family began to actually seek help of a Jesuit named Father Adolf. Rodovic, who was from Frankfurt. He was a bit of an expert in possessions and exorcisms. He had written a book called Possessed by Satan. I wonder what that's about. <laughs> it's a children's book. Yeah. Their friend Thea Hein had contacted the priest for them, and he requests a letter of the girl's symptoms. Real quick here. Yes. So, Joseph is trying to pass the buck on to Dr. Luthi about why they contacted a exorcist in the first place, right? Kind of, yes. And Dr. Luthi said, I was just joking. Maybe, I mean, I could kind of see that, you know, you go to the doctor and the girl's like, hey, I'm being possessed by demons, yada. He's like, oh, just go see a Jesuit. Call a fucking priest, yeah. Yeah. Call a priest, I can't help it. Maybe he didn't realize how religious these people were. Well, as soon as they brought it up to a priest, it seems like they moved right fucking in, didn't they? Yep. And it's hard to gauge what the medical you know facility of like treating this thing would actually have been in this time remember it is 70 what two right now sure and they've been dealing with this for four years now you're feeling kind of hopeless i guess you'd turn to the pastor at this point yeah and you're gonna see this lady named thea hein she sticks her fucking nose in everybody's business so she gets the balls rolling on contacting the priest so all right all right so back to back to father Rodvik. He was born in 1894. <laughs> it was going to be hard for the old man to travel, so he would refer them to a man named Father Herman, whom lived closer. He would visit Annalise and chat with her. It didn't appear he would perform any exorcisms, but told the family to visit a neurologist, which, of course, they had <laughs> yeah. several times they, previously. <laughs> That's what they Been there, done that. <laughs> they told us to talk to you. Could just make sure you close that up and edit I will. I will say this, like... Obviously, we're going to have our discussion after the saga is over about what we believe happened. But at least the priests throughout this book kept telling them, hey, you need to see a neurologist. You need to see a psychiatrist. But they just kept up with the exorcisms. So. You need Western medicine. Right. So, I mean, props to them for that, at least. There's also another priest whom took interest in the girl named Father Ernst, Ernest Anto Alt. Father would claim even before learning about the Michelle family, he had visions informing him about the entire family's history, and that there was something terribly wrong with Annalise. When he received the letters from the family, he became so nauseated, he couldn't even read them. <laughs> oh, he's just... Dear Father... <laughs> it was probably the... Her handwriting is so not... bad. <laughs> was she on a boat when she wrote this fucking thing? It could be. That evening... He was preparing for communion for mass and felt something hit him in the back with a cold breeze and the stench of burning around him. After mass, the night got even worse. He claimed to have taken a very strong sleeping pill 
Mm. but could not fall asleep. (laughs) Perspirating through the night, smelling sewage, burning, and fecal matter, hearing noises in his wardrobe, and out of nowhere, his room began to smell of sweet violets. Oh, that's nice. Jordan, are you familiar with demons? They say will either smell like shit, or they smell like violets. Have you heard that before? I've never heard that. Yeah, that's kind of a weird demon-y thing. Wow. Even appeared to suffer the same night paralysis as Annalise, until he contacted Father Herman, who told him the prayer of exorcism, which caused all activity to cease. Shit, man. So That's really, how powerful that shit is, dude. He was actually captured by fucking demon. He has a big thing where he's kind of... Because he's, he's a smart guy. And he kind of had this like weird college study about the relationship between, like... I don't want to say telekinesis or like telekinetic things, psychic things in religion. So he thinks he was experiencing what Annalise was experiencing to kind of like swoo him over to her kind of. <laughs> it's really complicated, but it's like he claims he had demonic activity before even meeting the girl, basically. Wow. So poor bastard. <laughs> <laughs> he just really wants to meet this young girl. <laughs> Father Alt found it easy to empathize with the young girl as he had experienced some of the same things she had, like we said, and with the other priests offering her prayer to cast out the Franzen. Fratzen. 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 I think that's, uh... Boxed wine? That's Franzia. (laughs) No, I think... It's one of my relatives, like, maiden name, I think. Fratzen. Fratzen. Really? No. Franzen. Anyway... (laughs) <laughs> well, shout matter. out to you, Franzens. <laughs> this is actually, so relevant li- to the story. Actually, I, they listen, so they'll know. Do they? Shout mm. out to the Franzens. <laughs> All right, so on November 1st, 1973, she was well enough to be off to college. Woo, put some air horns in here. <laughs> the Germans refer to the school as the Fernandium. Hope I got that right. Ferdinandium. Ferdinandium. You almost get it. Got it. <laughs> you just left a little DI in there. I don't like D.I. No, you don't. I love D.I. Uh, me too. You like D.I.C.K. in your, yep. your B.U.T.T. Oh, <laughs> Holy Got him. shit. While she did miss her family like usual, at least there were plenty of churches for her to attend when she needed. <laughs> she had her friends keep her company as well, and Father Alt would visit her every second week, but those goddamn frets and faces was... <laughs> Would appear everywhere whenever they felt like it. Oh, God. Annalise still seemed to be a bit isolated and depressed, but soon a very important person was about to make his appearance. One night, Annalise's friends convinced her to attend a dance, mm-hmm. and she met her new boyfriend, Pita. Pita! <laughs> oh, Pita. Her friends claim Peter seemed to be, quote, completely revived her spirit. <laughs> The couple were known to go bowling and attend dances. Oh, yeah. oh, this is such a nice, wholesome relationship. <laughs> really, what do you do in this time other than that? Like, you go bowling it. and dancing, yeah. I guess. With well, it. in John Cougar Mellencamp's world, <laughs> in this time, you would go to the local... Boys' room and smoke cigarettes. Or the local uh, restaurant drive-in and suck on some chili dogs. Yeah. Do they allow chili dogs in Germany? No, no. certainly not. Not after the not after the incident. <laughs> That's what sparked the whole war. Yeah. Within two weeks, Annalise was telling Peter he should probably quit seeing her. Her depression would just drag him down with her. She wasn't good for anybody. 
but Peter insisted that that was just nonsense. He liked her. It wasn't going to do any of that Hell shit. Hell yes! That a boy. Annalise He's said, white knighting. <laughs> Annalise said, You don't understand. I can't feel love at all. I am all numb, sort of. I can't feel emotions like that. Peter replied, Some good doctor probably has a pill for that. You just have to find <laughs> the right one. Peter's a smart boy. I think so. It was settled. Peter was not going anywhere. Hmm. Probably because she's pregnant. <laughs> oh, yeah, there is a pill for that. Plan B. Oh, oh. True, true. On November 27th, he convinced Annalise to see Dr. Leonard, a psychiatrist whom determined perhaps she was experiencing neurosis from hidden feelings about her strict parents. Wow. But she would also see Dr. Ermger. Ermger Schleip. Ermger Schlip. Schleip. Schleip. Let's go Ermgard. I like Ermger. Ermger Schleip. Ermgard Schleip at the neurological clinic whom conducted another EEG and found, quote, epileptic patterns. He took her off of the Dilantin and prescribed her a stronger drug called Tegretol. It would kind of appear she was caught between two different schools of thought into what could be causing her seizures and demons. Dr. Leonard would later also note that Annalise was very fond of Peter, but was afraid she didn't have the capacity to love him enough, nor could be sexually stimulated, and felt she was, quote, castrated and ice cold. Fuck. What a bitch. What? <laughs> no. What? No, Jordan. She... <laughs> Very depressed. Man. I feel so bad for her. She feels so isolated and yeah. alone. The thing is, like, it says literally his word sexually stimulated. But I, in my head, I'm like, okay, if she's a really good Catholic girl, she's probably not having sex until marriage. It doesn't bring up any sort of, like, sexual anything like man, that. Man, come so, on now. That shit is so, like, passe. But I'm just saying, I'm assuming, I don't know why she would say it. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, it doesn't matter. It's a side point. She, I think she was so depressed she had no libido, is all it was. Mm, yeah, right? that she could had be. no drive. That's a good point. It wasn't long after this when Annalise was letting people in on her deepest secret of smelling false stenches in those ghastly faces. The Flotsam. <laughs> Peter figured maybe it was caused from her depression or epilepsy. Wow. But did take notice that as soon as Father Alt had given her the magical prayers... She perked up like a spring chicken. Oh. <laughs> that brought back nightmares of when you when we said that on that cold open that time. Do you remember that? You put we... like spring chickens, and, and then he starts like clocking. Oh yeah! <laughs> Yikes! Anyway, that was funny though. As the year progressed, it seemed like a constant up and down with her mental and physical health. She always complained about being tired constantly and sleeping often. Even just talking to Peter for too long would strain her. Neither the psychiatrist nor the neurologist seemed to have an answer, but claimed, at least in her EEG, it showed improvement. To them, at least the Tegretol was working. Hell yeah. So they think they're finding an answer, but she is also a goddamn... She's, she's, she sucks. She's a real sad sack. <laughs> well, she sucks because she's like, yeah, this, this is all good and butter. Uh, only, I don't see these demon heads around me all the time If anymore. only they had the magical pill of Zoloft. I know it. Maybe this whole thing could have been avoided. I know. Everybody take Zoloft. <laughs> Unless it's not good for you, then don't. Unless you're not 
sad boys like we are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> On to the summer of the following year. Father Alt, at this point, was having numerous visits with Annalise and would often discuss with his fellow priests if this could actually be demons molesting the young girl. Father Alt claimed that they always went for the logical reasoning first, <laughs> such as her epilepsy or possible oh. schizophrenia. Oh. Mm. But since none of the doctors would say for certain, what else could it be? You were right, because this, you were right. This guy, uh, very reasonable. Right. I thought I thought you were setting up a joke when he said it always went for the logical reasoning first. Nope. Demon molestation. Demons, I thought that was the logical first step. Were, I always thought I thought that was a weird way to say it. Molest demon molestation. Well, it doesn't. I mean, mean, I was going to say they're kind of pervy. Then it doesn't always mean sexual. It, All right. It just means Jordan. I want you to read this German word here. Okay. A case of umsessenheit circumcessio, as the church calls it, demon possession. I'm pretty sure that's Latin. That's what I mean. Did I say German? I meant yeah. Latin. From this point, <laughs> Father Alt would become Annalise's spiritual advisor upon her request. Ooh. By September 30th, 1974, Father Alt was visiting her quite frequently and taking note of how her demeanor would go from depressed, quiet, and almost sickly to the complete reverse in personality upon her receiving his prayers. It's receiving his quote-unquote prayers. Are you mocking the prayer of exorcism, Jordan? Yes. Technically, he's not doing the exorcism prayer. He's just doing regular prayers right now. He doesn't have permission for exorcisms yet. From who? The bishop. We're oh, gonna find Father, that out in a minute. Okay, don't tell me. Don't smoil it for me. While around this time, Father Alt wasn't completely convinced of his demon. It was getting harder for him to ignore. He wrote a letter to Bishop Stengel. Oh, it's solved right now. For permission to recite the prayers of exorcism on the girl, but the bishop wasn't convinced enough to allow it. Hmm. Simply just observing her behavior and delivering her the basic prayers that he had. Whoa! So they're like wizards. Yeah. Like they have certain prayers. Tears of tears of magical prayers. They are yeah. wizards. <laughs> he had to contact the Ministry of Magic. Oh my God! <laughs> Why are all of these stories about Harry Potter, Cody? <coughs> Or Final Fantasy. <laughs> Do they have an exorcism spell in Final Fantasy? No, but they have Flame <laughs> 1, 2, and 3, and Ice 1, and Basically Ice 2, and Ice 3. Basically the same three. thing. Yeah. So he's just casting Magicka 1 or whatever. Yeah. He's he like needs doing, top tier. Yes. He needs, like, Fire 3, or he needs to, like, summon Elementals or whatever they're What called. would demons be weak against? Ice, probably? Yeah, probably Ice. Blizzard? They're burning. Blizzard yeah. 3. So he needs to get the... Showers? Shower because apparently they smell terrible. <laughs> probably medio. I bet they're probably weak too. Throughout all of this, Annalise was still attending school, even did a three week teaching apprenticeship. That fall, the school allowed her to have her own room, which seemed to just give her the ability to further isolate herself from any of her friends. They all noted she refused to do any activities with them, let alone even talk with them. Annalise instead decided to befriend a different sector of girls, often seen as religious zealots, <laughs> girls who opposed the more liberal, liberalized style of worship that was more common around this time, such as masses being preached in German versus traditional Latin, and the communion could only be distributed by a holy man. Hell yes, let's keep it fucking <laughs> crazy, man. Let's go crazy. I never heard a latin uh catholic uh 
mass, I guess. Well, then you're doing it wrong, yeah. Cody. So our, our, I guess ours was a liberal Catholic church. Yeah. So. Have you heard of German libtards? one? Mm-mm. Her newfound friends were Maria Klug and Anna Lippert. Hey, I must got that one right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of a Lippert before, Lippert. so I'll give it to you. They created a prayer group and would often sit in her room discussing religious topics Sounds exhilarating. <laughs> I can't think of anything I'd rather do. <laughs> uh, I'm blowing my head off. Hey, one. isn't that pretty much what we're doing right kind now? Kind of, yes. Yes, I guess. Te- we're a prayer group, boys. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, there's Fumble nothing I'd rather do <laughs> than sit here in our weird three-way prayer group. <laughs> because of this, her personality seemed to be improving her relationship with Peter got better and would even offer her old friends to attend church at... Oof, say that, Jordan. Unsera Liebe Frau. It's a rad church, apparently. All right. I'll, I'll mean, I mean, yeah, if it's all in Latin, sign me the fuck up. On May 15th, 1975, her grandmother, Oma Ferg, had passed away. Hmm. And once again, it seemed that her old dark personality was slowly creeping back again. It would be a slow progression over the next few months where she was struggling to eat, her legs became extremely weak, where she would have to rest on things to walk. Annalise claimed she could no longer pray or even look at holy items because it emitted a light so bright she couldn't even look at it. Jesus. Hmm. Then there were the voices telling her what she could and could not do. (sighs) Finally, upon a visit from Father Alt, he noticed a very sad poem she had on her desk and suggested to her parents that she return home. On July 17, 1975, her parents arrived and took her to Dr. Schleip, who once again told them it was most likely from the epilepsy affecting her frontal lobe. And so this is like, this just keeps happening over and over. I mean... And there's no real solutions, right? So it's like, she's just kind of fucked. They, They don't, I mean... Schizophrenia never gets brought up in all of this, which I think is kind of weird. It's kind of what it seems like to me, or like apparently with epilepsy, you can develop hallucinations and shit. So, but they, I don't know what the medical community was like at this time, so it's hard to say. I can't, it's obviously not like it is now, but I don't know about 1975, but right now, I'm sure this could be figured out. Anyway, it seems her parents were at a breaking point where they believed no doctor was helping their daughter. Perhaps she needed a more spiritual approach. Thea Hine, who seemed to somehow always be knowing what was going on with Annalise, had heard the rumor she had returned home and her condition was worsening. Since at the time Father Alt was living far away, they contacted Father Roth. Thea told him the demons were really taking hold of Annalise and through the phone he could hear the horrid screams being admitted from the girl and decided he better come check it out for himself. Hmm. Yeah, seems like a... Note to go there. (laughs) Fuck. Something sounds fishy here. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) When Father Roth entered the home, he noticed the smell of burning dung. (laughs) 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 Then all of a sudden, Annalise ran up to him, stopped about a meter away, then ran away, and within a few seconds, ran back up to him, standing in a rigid posture, screaming, Get out! You are tormenting me! When Father Roth tried to pull his rosary out of his breast pocket, Annalise tried to throw a five-liter bottle of holy water from San Domingo. Damn! 
That's like my jugs that I bring to work. Who has that much fucking holy water in there? That's home? a lot of holy. Oddly, it just fell out of our arms instead of being able to hit him. Hmm. Not long after the priest left the house and Annalise seemed to come back to reality because on July 30th, her boyfriend Peter would pay her a visit. Peter wanted to convince her she needed to go back to school to register for the fall semester. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the most that's the most important thing right now. Not her getting healthy. She's got to keep with her schoolwork, dude. It's Germany. In an attempt to cheer her up, Peter tried to take her for a walk. So they drove out to a country road. She was initially struggle, struggling to walk at first. Before almost out of nowhere, she began to wiggle her fingers again, looked at Peter, wrapped her arms around him. Annalise then said, It is gone. I am free. Entirely free. Like never before. They quickly wow. returned home to tell her parents she was there. Yes. Yes. A one-parter. Dude, this is awesome. <laughs> Sweet. So, yeah, I think she just had some mental illness, and uh, she's, All right, that's it. she's, she's fine them. now. Bye. All right, later, guys. Facebook, Twitter, Thanks Instagram. for listening. Hold on. In the next two days, she returned to her school. The couple decided they needed to do some grocery shopping. When in the store, Annalise got that look on her face again and said, I think it is starting up again. They swiftly returned to her dorm. In her room, it got worse. She just stiffly stood staring at her crucifix, her face was distorted, gnawing her teeth and growling at it. Peter claimed to begin praying for her in his head, when she quickly jerked her head towards him, yelling through her teeth to stop it. She stood staring at the cross for over an hour. She said, I wanted to take the cross in my hand, but against my will I pushed back, so I couldn't reach it. Since he had at least managed to get her registration completed, <laughs> Peter drove her to her parents' house. Oh, thank, thank God that's done. Whew, she can be a teacher. In the meantime, Father Roth had contacted Father Alt and told him, Her parents begged me to see to it. She gets exercised. There is no longer any doubt in my mind that the girl is under the influence of demonic forces. Seeing as that pain-in-the-ass bishop had denied it at first, Father Alt said he would visit him in person. But the bishop was on vacation. <laughs> oh, God. I'm going to pay that son of a bitch to <laughs> visit. We'll return. God damn it! So, the next in order gave him permission but only for a small one. <laughs> Not a full power spell yet, buddy. <laughs> On August 3rd, 1970, it was time for her first exorcism. Father Alt and Father Roth went to their home. Later, Father Roth reported, In our presence, Annalise Michelle once more showed evidence that she was molested by demons. But this molestation was not as strong as during my previous visit. During the recitation of the small exorcism, she began to whimper and to moan, and she pleaded, Stop! It's burning me! When asked where, she answered, In my neck, in my arms. What was also striking on that day was that she tried to knock the book containing the exorcism prayer according to Pope Leo XIII out of our Father Alt's hands. As far as I can remember, she once said, I am free. 
What she meant by that was that she was free of demons, but this lasted only a moment, and soon after she was once more started whimpering and moaning. When we left that Michelle home about two hours later, we were both convinced more than ever that we were dealing with a case of possession. Father Alt believed this had worked, and after consulting the expert Father Rodvik, he asked if he should dare take his vacation. (laughs) 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 Father Rodvik said he will need his strength, so go on ahead. Yeah. Enjoying his trip to Disneyland. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. I don't know where awesome. he went. Wherever well, he is a Catholic go. priest, so Disneyland would be perfect. Lots of young boys around there for him. <laughs> this would be, in fact, the exact opposite of what was happening in the Michelle household. <laughs> Annalise had regressed into a worse condition. She claimed she could only sleep for about one or two hours at night, running up and down the stairs repeatedly. Bucking like a billy goat. As Father Rodvik said, sometimes chanting... My Jesus, forgiveness and mercy, forgiveness and mercy. She would kneel down repeatedly until her knees swelled, and even throwing her little sister to, to the ground a few times. Damn. Peter- Establish. What? Assert dominance. Establish the alpha male. <laughs> yeah. Alpha female, sir. Peter even claimed her strength was superhuman once she grabbed an apple and with one hand squeezed it until it exploded all over the room. So, note to Peter, do not get a hand job. (laughs) No. His dick will explode all over the room. Annalise was always claiming she was burning up. Sometimes she would soak herself in ice water or strip naked and run around her house. It appears the demon were not going to give up easy, and with Father Alt away, what could she do? Within the next few days, it was only getting worse. She would stuff flies and spiders into her mouth, chew on coal, urinate on the kitchen floor and lick it up. Also, chew down her underwear soaked with urine. Mm. Peter had to wear long sleeves because she would try to bite his arms. Mm. (laughs) It wasn't all bad, though. Annalise claimed to see Oma Ferg and her deceased little sister in flashes, and that's when the stigmata started. Oh, 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 boy. Oh, that's when Stigmata, the metalcore band from Russia, started playing. <laughs> yeah, that's when they jo- that's when they uh, formed the band. You know, this story it takes some real downturns, but you know, there's some bright gems in here. <laughs> <laughs> At least there's an upside. Small wounds began open on her feet. Her family called them quote tokens of grace. In August 18, 1975, they were running out of ideas, and in desperation, they attempted to get Father Alt to come home early from his vacation. But since Father Roth was the only one who could get a hold of him, he didn't want to bother him. Wow. So old man Father Rodvik decided he needed to pay a visit in desperation. His 90-fucking-year-old <laughs> ass. His 1891-born ass. 1894, Adam. Oh, sorry. Never forget. He entered the home. At first, she just looked like a sick girl laying on the couch. He asked her, What is your name? In a deep voice, Annalise replied, Then she snapped back to normal, and they carried on a normal conversation. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's what you do after that. You just, oh, yeah, yeah, you're a nice little girl. What's your name? Judas. (laughs) Oh, cool. (laughs) All right, well, anyway, how was lunch? You see that Broncos game yesterday? (laughs) (laughs) But Father Rodvik knew this was clearly a possession and informed the family he was leaving for a while to determine what his next step would be. He exited the home. Then Annalise quickly ran outside behind him and slapped him in the face. (laughs) (laughs) 
She mentioned the name Judas, and Father Rodvik was familiar with this demon because he prevented the host from eating the consecrated wafer, mm. which was certainly the case with Annalise. Up until recently, she had what they referred to as, quote, mute demons, according to the... Oof, the Ritual Romanium. <laughs> It says the demon needs to speak in most possession cases, and it demands that certain questions be asked of them, which they must answer truthfully. Hmm. Father Rodvik soon returned home, and Annalise had seemed to snap back to normal for a while. The family believed it because she actually started eating again. And on September 7th, Father Alt returned home from his vacation, and Father Rodvik called him and said... I have assembled the symptoms that I have observed. From everything I know, this is definitely a case of possession. He met with several other priests to determine the next step. Now that they were certain it was demons, they wanted to figure out who would carry out the exorcisms. Father Alt did live quite a distance away, so perhaps a man named Father Renz, whom lived closer, would do it. But Father Renz said he needed a few days to decide which he later agreed to. Initially, they wanted to perform the exorcism in Italy, but that wasn't possible. The bishop instead granted Father Renz the permission to perform the exorcism, and it appears this would become Father Renz' demonic rodeo to wrangle. Welcome to the fray, Father Renz. <laughs> yes. You are now the captain now. He got plunged right into the demons, and this is where we're going to pick it three up next. Player has entered the game. <laughs> This is where we're going to pick it up next oh, week, Oh, that's boys. the end already? Yep. Next week is all demons. This so. is the yes. end of our two, our demon two-parter? Yep, demon two-parter. We want to we want to get everything covered, so... I hope we have it's something planned lot. for the last two weeks of October. We'll find something. All right. We'll good. get spooky. Excellent, boys. Thank you so much, Cody. That was great. I can't Oof. wait to see how this puppy wraps up. Oof, it's going to wrap up demony. Cool. Thank you demon very flavor. much, Cody. Say you thank you. I mean, you're welcome to the audience. Or you thank are welcome, you Adam. You're welcome, audience. Thank you. And you're welcome. I never thanked you, so... Jordan, thank Cody. No. It's because you're possessed by a demon. Jordan, thank me. Thank you, Adam. Jordan, thank the audience. Thank you, audience. Now you're welcome, me. You're welcome, Adam. <laughs> and the audience. You're welcome, audience. <laughs> we all need a consecrated wafer at this point. So. That's right. I could just go for some black striped molasses. <laughs> no, you couldn't. That, that Cody sh still has it here. Dude, that could, uh, that that could, could have, have cured, cured her. her possession. Mm -hmm. that if only the Germans listened to the Amish. God damn. Uh, demons would be gone. Anyway. Anyway, thanks a lot for listening, audience. Uh, tune in again Wednesday for Between the Bumbles. This one's a pretty funny one. Even though it's in the, we don't talk about anything comedy, really. but It's very insightful. Yeah, you get to see how the sausage is made. Uh, that's going to do it for all of us this week. As always, please email us at bumblebuttpodcast at gmail.com. Questions, comments, concerns, corrections, whatever you got. Recipes, we'll take them. I love a recipe. Actually, yeah, send us some recipes this week. Yeah, recipes this week. Thanksgiving's coming up. We need uh, good recipes. They don't have to be Thanksgiving-centric either. Mm. Whatever you got, we'll take it. If anyone has a good recipe for a homemade jerk sauce <laughs> or marinade, please send that my way. Uh, Let me text. I'll text Jody. Um, other than that, besides Gmail, you can always get a hold of me on Twitter at BumblebuttPod. On Instagram, which is our number one boy right now, at BumblebuttPodcast. Twitter's coming up fast. Twitter's coming up. I mean, we got good friends there. We got good friends. I want to make a suggestion. We can cut this out if we don't like it. If we have anybody who has... 
a band or whatever, if you want to send us a track of yours and we would play it for the closing, I would be cool with that. Would you guys be cool with that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I hate searching for closing music, yeah. so... Well, this sent... month, it should just be Halloween by The Misfits every week. Uh, I'm not getting sued by whatever that guy's name is. Jerry Only. <laughs> but, uh, no, just send us what your band's name is, the name of the track, uh, and in an MP3, and we can play it at the end of the episode as closing. We'll just say the title. And, Dude, uh, hell yeah. I would love to do that every I, week. For yeah, I would. Send us your spoopiest track. Whatever you want, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Good idea, dude. All right. That's going to happen. Facebook at Bumblebutt Podcast. Definitely go there, too. Got a couple people Good on reviews. there. You can listen Interacting. to that on Wednesday. Right? Yep. Thank yous come Wednesday. Thank yous. Thank you very much. As far as iTunes reviews go, we got one more, but no whatever. No comment, so that's too bad. Right. But leave more. We need more iTunes reviews. Five stars if you can. Four stars if you don't like us. Three stars if you hate us. Whatever. Put them on there. Write a review, please. Thank you very much. That's all we got to say for you. Until next time, have a good weekend. Unless it's Tuesday. Don't let them frats and get you. Sie fratzen.